You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, I'm Jake Blauk, and you're about to listen to Mythic Thunderloot. We create our podcast all over and stand on the land of many indigenous tribes, including the Southern Paiute, the Lenape Tribe, the Menominee Tribe, and the tribes of the Council of the Three Fires, the Ojibwe, Odawa, and Potawatomi Nations. We want to acknowledge those relationships and their history. Mythic Thunderloot is brought to you with support from 11th Hour Theatre Company, Philadelphia's only all-musical theatre company. Visit 11thHourTheatreCompany.org for more information. If you want to support Mythic Thunderloot, join our Patreon by going to patreon.com slash mythicthunderloot. With that, here's episode eight. A D&D podcast musical. I'm Leah Cotto. I'm Jake Blauk. I'm Lillian Castillo. I'm Michael Darty. And I'm Steve Goodalunas. And this is Mythic Thunderloot. How are we feeling, gang? Good. <sighs> We're good. We're good. Let's just say that Roscoe, Roscoe got into a little of Minerva's herb. Uh, oh, God. Minerva's herb. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe. Who, who knows? That's what that strange flute you were playing that didn't make any music was. And took all the wind from my lungs. <laughs> Thank God. I'm so jealous. All right. Well, with that being said, I'd like to introduce our game maker, Mr. Ma- Michael Doherty. Whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. Thank you. Thank you. Today on the pod, we have special guests Jennifer Cody and Hunter Foster. Jen was in the original Broadway casts of Susical, Taboo, Town, and Shrek the Musical. Her voice can be heard on the cast recording for Lippa's The Wild Party and in the Disney animated feature The Princess and the Frog, for which she won an Annie Award. Hunter was in the original Broadway companies of Town, Million Dollar Quartet, The Bridges of Madison County, and the 2003 Broadway production of Little Shop of Horrors, for which he received a Tony nomination. As a writer, he penned the libretto for the off-Broadway musical Summer of 42, and can now be found directing all over the nation. Jen and Hunter, welcome to the pod. Hey. Thank you. Glad to be here. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so thrilled to have you here. Uh, Let's get right to it. So, uh, Jen, I know you guys actually met doing theater. We did. We love a love story. So could could you tell us a little bit about that? Um, We met doing Cats, which is (laughs) also, it's just a funny laugh line. I just stop when I, once I say that. Since then, that's my dog in the background. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, In the background. Since 
Ben in the background. Uh, we have we've performed a lot together. Um, on Broadway, we did Greece for a long time together, where we got married. Oh, amazing! And then we did Urine Town together. So yeah, uh, we we perform a lot together. Was that sort of fate or luck, or was that kind of like an intentional effort on your parts to kind of just fate, yeah. I guess. I mean, um, we had done Cats. He left to do Greece, and then they had auditions, and I auditioned, and uh, that kind of worked out. And then when uh, he was doing You're in Town, I auditioned, and uh, they didn't know that I was his wife. Oh, really? And uh, after the director chose me for the part, the casting people were like, oh, that's good, because they're married. So, uh, yeah, just kind of all worked out. That's amazing. I love that. Um, something that's that's really cool about both of your careers is that you've, you've like, really evolved as, as artists. For instance, Hunter, uh, another cool aspect of your career has been the writing you've gotten to do. The last thing I sort of helped develop was the Clue play, which is... Yes. So I'm one of the writers and, and, and also uh, really helped develop the, the piece and it was the most um, produced high school play last year, so. Oh, no kidding. And I'm gonna direct it again in Utah. So what was the development of a piece like that like? You know, it was a flawed film with some great performances. I mean, it was a bomb when it opened. Right, right. So it became more of a cult classic like Rocky Horror, you know? Uh -huh. So then it was trying to find out like what was really funny and what wasn't really funny. Uh -huh. You know, farces are hard. And so we, we, we developed it for a few years and then uh, my schedule just, uh, I was doing uh, the other Josh Cohen off-Broadway, so uh, my schedule right. was, was was not going to allow me to continue. Gotcha. Well, how cool to be able to step back into that world uh, when you directed at Utah. Yeah. Now, Jen, a cool aspect of your career has been all the voiceover work that you've gotten. Uh, so what was it like finding work in, in that realm, and what was it like specifically, you know, working for the mouse? Um, well, I'm going to say something, people are going to be mad. Princess and the Frog actually started my voiceover career. Um, oh, did it really? Yeah, because I had never done voiceovers before that. I mean, I'd done a couple commercials, um, but not, mm -hmm. but not anything big. And um, the casting director uh, for the Disney film had seen me in a show, and when she saw pictures of like what the character was or, or what the what they thought the character would end up being, she was like, hmm, I wonder if I should call that, that woman in. And that's kind of how it happened. Cool. I went into a call, and it was like a, a regular show. I had to go and sing in front of everybody, and I had to read the sides with a reader just like you would normally. Um, yeah. And then the audition took like a year. What is it like building a character through, the, through a process like that? Well, I mean, building a character for a Disney movie is yeah. completely different than anything else you'll ever do. I bet. Um, because that that was fun because they they videotaped me before they drew her. So um, I didn't have any constraints of like, oh, the character has to sound this way or look this way or react this way. But then I saw the animation after I had finished the whole film. Uh -huh. So that was so exciting to go in and see something that you, you watch it and you go, oh, yeah. that's something I do. That's a mannerism that I do that now yeah. will always be in Disney history. Absolutely incredible. Well, friends, there's plenty more interview where that came from. If you want to hear more of my chat with Hunter and Jen, you can hop on our Patreon. Check out Shoot the Loot, Episode 8. Folks in the Connecticut area can catch Jen in TheaterWorks Hartford's production of Christmas on the Rocks. It's sure to be hilarious. And Hunter's production of Clue runs June 25th to October 8th, 2022. 
at the Utah Shakespeare Festival. Check that out as well. Thank you both so much for being here. Absolutely, thank you. With that, I'm gonna explain how this works. Here's the deal. Our four players will improvise their way through a fantasy-style role-playing game of my making. After we record, we add sound effects. Underscoring. Full-fledged musical numbers. And special guest voices. Yippee! And boom! There you have an episode. Sound good? That sounds great. Always does. Like I'm still suspect of it, but I'm in. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> then let's play Mythic Thunderloot! Previously on Mythic Thunderloot. After witnessing the murder of North Talyashire resident Pasco Slim at the hand of an officer from South Talyashire, rock band Mythic Thunderloot and their traveling companions continue their quest into the dragon nation of Vertrania. They soon realize they've not filled up on water and begin to hallucinate in the vast desert landscape. They all have a reckoning with their inner shortcomings, but are able to find the entrance to the underground city of Kurali regardless. Pugface meets a baby dragon, which she names Lulu, and takes along with her. They enter the cathedral they've been searching for and summon the dragon god Vatrani. The group asks for protection from the elven gods, and the dragon gods grant it in exchange for their worship. The dragons begin to come out of hibernation, forcing the group to flee. Above ground, they encounter Lulu's mother and Pugface relinquishes the baby dragon to its mother and gets a magical fire-resistant breastplate in return. They rest in North Taliashire for the night, and the next morning find that the first plague of the elven gods is upon them. They see Mayor Wimsley sitting amidst the dense red fog, who explains that Pasco's death has sparked an upset in his people. In the distance, Herman notices black smoke coming from South Taliashire. Heavens. Heavens to Betsy, my goodness. We begin. Staring at the column of smoke coming from Roscoe and Pugface's hometown, Sir Aiden Brock says, King Cyrus's Karen can wait. We must go and protect your people. Let's go. Forward, Nick folks. As you start to leave, Mayor Wimsley calls out, Should you succeed in pushing my people out of your fair city, send them toward the meadows. I can rendezvous with them there and get their heads right. I'm so sorry, my friends. Okay. A walk in the meadows always does a body right. He dashes east towards the meadows and disappears into the fog. All right, well, we gotta go, y'all. You ride south. Your horses now rested and hydrated ride more briskly than ever before. Halfway down the province, you see towering above the red fog, the colossal, ornate structure known as the Sacular Edenia, the only higher learning institution of your nation from which Pugface recently graduated. Congratulations, Pugface. Thank you so much. Pugface, roll perception. Yeah. 13. Great. You see through the fog your favorite professor, Byron Crane, staring in horror at the smoke in the distance. Professor Byron. Professor Crane. Wait, is it Professor Byron or is it? I, I call him Professor. Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> the horses all get their reins pulled. They come to a stop. Pugface, your professor sees you and approaches and says, Miss Doodlelap, I'm so glad you're all right. When I saw the smoke, I feared the worst. Oh, you had to listen to that for four years. We're okay. We haven't even been here. We're just getting to this now. But have, did you see what happened? What's what's going on? Well, I saw protesters carrying signs come from the north earlier, and I didn't think much of it, but it seems things escalated rather quickly. They're bringing signs from North Taliashire? Yes. Oh. Stop the dig, justice for Pasco, and things of that nature. No, no. Well, we gotta go. Listen, we can't delay. Last time we delayed, it cost somebody their life. That caught this this whole situation our fault. 
Onward, we haven't time to waste. Yeah, we gotta get out of here. You take off once more, heading south. As you race through the dense red fog, the large column of smoke gets closer, and you soon realize there are multiple fires causing it. When you reach the northernmost point of South Taliashire, you see multiple melees have broken out between citizens and city watch officers alike. Because both cities are so populated and the fog is so dense, it's quite hard to distinguish the northerners from the southerners. But standing just before you is the broad-shouldered dwarf with the coarse and tawny beard, which Roscoe and Pugface instantly recognize as Thane Ogdor, Lord of all of Taliashire. Pugface, you remember that this is the person who gave your dad his new job. We like him. He's good. Thane? Thane? Oh, greetings, citizens. Behold, a province divided. Dwarves, gnomes, and hofflings turned against one another. Yeah, clearly. Um, what, 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 what are you doing about it, bud? We're, we're, we're here to help. I've sent my men in to de-escalate the tensions as much as possible. Oh. But anything you could do to see as little blood spilled as possible will be most appreciated and much rewarded. Okay. I guess we could start talking to folks, trying to calm the situation down. Wait a second. Where's my dad right now? Pugface, you hear someone call in the distance. Pugface? And through the fog comes Autumn, your stepmom. Sweetheart, I can't find your father. I was woken up by people chanting, Stop the dig! And he'd already gone to work, but when I went down to the mines, there was fighting and chaos, but no sign of your father anywhere. What? Please, help me look. And she begins to hurry back toward the south. Fuck, guys, my dad. I think we gotta split up. I think Pugface and I should go after her dad, and I think that Jocasta and Edgar should help here with the thing. Okay, okay. Just remember, we gotta try and get these people to stop fighting, you know, like, and, and get the people from the north to go to the meadow. Jocasta, you and I shall use my natural diplomatic ability, and uh, Pugface and Roscoe will uh, we'll use ours. <laughs> All right. I'll stay here and help with Edgar and Jocasta, and I suppose I'll go along with Roscoe and Pugface. Yes, Herman. Uh, no, Herman, I think you could stay with this group. I, I think... That's great. I love it. Okay, Herman is going to hop off of Smelly and hop on the back of Tutoroso and says, You cool if I bunk up with you? For now. <laughs> Pugface and Roscoe, you guys follow Autumn through the fog. You pass the several skirmishes along the way. Meanwhile, Jocasta, Edgar, and Sir Aiden, you're looking at several skirmishes before you. You see five couplings of middle-aged halflings duking it out, a group of about 12 gnomes totally brawling, and three city watch dwarves trying to pacify a group of unarmed halflings and gnomes with their clubs. What do you do? Everybody stop! And that's the diplomacy you've got? My god, man. Do you have any ideas, Jocasta? I do have some ideas. I have two. You ready? I, I Yes. Number one is I think I'm going to cast Entangle all over the place, and maybe I can just, like, grab everybody. Oh, very good, yes. And then once we've got them all entangled, maybe we can, like, sing a song. You know, like, they say that music soothes the savage beast. Surely if it can tame the savage beast, it can tame the hearts of all these dwarves and halflings and other... Exactly. Okay, so I just cast it and they have to, they all have to roll a strength. Okay, great. I'm gonna roll for each of these groups of people. So, for the middle-aged halflings, 
They are totally bound by your vines. For the group of gnomes going at it, they're just so wriggly, they easily break free of the vines. The three city watch officers and the group of unarmed halflings and gnomes, they're kind of enwrapped in your vines. So you've captured everyone but the group of 12 gnomes that are brawling. Can I try again with them? Great, yeah, do it, do it. Well, you gotta do the thing. Oh, right, right. I, I, I roll, yeah. The vines spring forth once more and you capture the 12 gnomes in your vines. Wait, now that they're all captured, I think that she would be like, listen to me. Violence is not the answer. You must stop this right now. Give me a charisma roll for that. Not as charismatic as I would like. She sure seems it. I, yeah, but um, this roll says otherwise. It's a three. Ah. They kind of stare at you after you make this plea, and then some of them are like, "Ah, screw you!" And then they just start arguing while still tangled in the vines. I'd like to try to enthrall this crowd. What do you exactly do, Edgar? He just sort of like takes the thunder loot and just like, you know, strums a chord on it. Great. Oh, that's an unnatural 22. As soon as you do, all of the people trapped in these vines are completely enthralled and captivated by you. Edgar. They can't resist the guitar here in Taliashire. Well, what now, my friends? Now we've got a bunch of captivated people trapped in vines. Well? They're not fighting anymore. I suppose you're right. Shall we move on, then? No, we're <laughs> going to convince them to knock it off. If you don't stop fighting, <laughs> I'll turn it up to tea. No, you won't. <laughs> so, Edgar, would you say that the intention of the song is to intimidate them? Yeah, I think maybe... Uh... I think if that was his purpose, Jocasta would keep interjecting with like stuff to like de-escalate the things he's saying. Great. Now listen up, sorry lot. It seems this simple loot I've brought has actually got the magic power to kill. Intimidation and Jocasta roll charisma again. Oh shit. <laughs> 18. Oh, I got a 15. So go away and don't come back. I know your scent and I can track each one of you down, and I could end your lives. But seeing as we trust you all now, as long as you can make a vow to do no My dear, I think you give them too much benefit of the doubt. Only so much as they deserve, no need to shout. 
song they're they're all like all right fine fine we're, we're not gonna fight anymore jesus just let us out of these vines <laughs> we worked a good cop bad cop thing i think you've totally bewildered them well done now all of you from north Calshire, when i release you from these vines you're gonna want to head to the meadows that is where your mayor is waiting for you they're like yeah fine whatever just please let us go and i'll release them from my vine one of that gnome says everyone fall East and a bunch of the people who were apparently the northerners among them head toward the Meadows Bridge and into the meadows. They disappear into the dense red fog. You know what, Edgar? I think that deserves a high five. You can't say I believe it does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you are. All right, let's go find some more people and help the community. We sally south. Meanwhile, Pugface and Roscoe are following Autumn. You can just barely make her out as she races through the fog, but on your steeds, you have no problem keeping up. After about a mile or so, you come upon the home of Frank and Mary Chubb, Roscoe's parents, which is currently engulfed in flame. Oh, Jesus. What do you do? Uh, I try, I like run to the house. Is there any water? The rocky river is about a mile from where you currently are. Oh, fuck, that's way too far. It's too far. Do I hear screams? You don't hear any screams. Yeah, I'm gonna try to kick through the front door. Give me a strength check for that. 17. You easily kick the door down. You do get scorched by the flame. Take three points of fire damage. <gasps> okay, so now that I'm in the house, I just wanna, can I see anything at all? Like, can I? You see the walls are ablaze, but the fire hasn't spread to all of the furniture yet. However, Frank and Mary are nowhere in sight, but it's rather difficult to breathe. Roll constitution. Six. You have 18 seconds before you pass out. You can go left into the kitchen, right into the study, or forward up the stairs, or leave. What do you do? Left into the kitchen. Ooh. What are you doing? All right, you run into the kitchen, and you look about you. They are nowhere to be found. Five seconds have passed. What do you do? Run upstairs. All right, you charge out of the kitchen and up the stairs. All you see are their beds. The flames carry over to them. Another 10 seconds have passed. What do you do? Jesus. Uh, what's the other room? You can go down and into the study. You could try to jump out the window, or you could try to run back downstairs. I'll jump out the window. You do have enough time to jump out the window without losing oxygen. You crash through. You're on the second story, so give me an acrobatics check to see how you fall out the window. Oh, absolutely, yes. <laughs> uh, it's a critical failure. Oh my gosh. You crash to the ground face first with a thud. Take another five points of damage. Ooh. Okay, that's fine. No big deal, no big deal. So now I want to run around to the other room and see if I can see anything. You look into that window where the study is, and you do see your parents unconscious laying on the floor of that room. <gasps> Herman is going to lean over to Pugface and say, Pugface, isn't your armor fire resistant? <gasps> yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Herman, where were you? I'm sorry, I Pugface, was- Pugface, you gotta help me now. I, yeah. I'm gonna punch right through the window and I'm gonna throw- Great. 
pug face in there. Throw me in. Great. <laughs> Give me a little strength check for that. It's a non-natural 20 this time. You easily break open the window and hurl pug face inside. Pug face, as you fling through the window, you charge through the fire and you can feel the magic of the dragon god Perrin flow from your ruby armor and encompass your body. You are not burned at all and once inside, you can miraculously breathe despite the smoke. You see Frank and Mary lying right in front of you. What do you do? I'm gonna try to pick them up. I'll pick up mom first. Give me a strength check to pick up Mary. It's a two. Oh, my parents are gonna die. You lift with all your might and you're just kind of like, <laughs> and you are unable to lift Mary from the ground. Try again. Can I, do I try again? Okay, you attempt again, and you still are not able to lift Mary off the ground. Herman yells in, try for the other one. Maybe he's lighter or something. <laughs> try anyway. I'm trying. <laughs> Natural 20. Yes! Pugface, in a moment of superhuman strength, you hoist Frank directly above your head. You are now fully carrying his full body weight above your body. Just put him out the window. I'll grab him. I'll throw him out the window. You throw him easily out the window. Roscoe, you are able to grab him. Give me a strength check to see how you catch him. Uh, 12. He kind of knocks you on your ass a little bit, but as soon as he lands on you, he begins to gasp and breathe again. Frank Chubb is okay. Okay, uh... I gotta try one more time for Mary. Try one more time. Uh, 17. You are able to lift Mary, Mary off the ground. You kind of have her in a fireman's carry right now. What do you do? I'm walking her out. You rush out the front door. As soon as you do, Mary gasps alive. The minute you cross the threshold, Frank and Mary's home crumbles behind you. You've made it in the nick of time. They cough to consciousness. Roscoe, as soon as they see you, they immediately get up and embrace you. Family. Oh my god. Kid, we were dying in there. Roscoe, where you been, honey? I've been knocking on your door every day. <laughs> You know, it's crazy. I was really upset until you both opened your mouths. Mary! Cut the kid a break. There's a literal battle erupting in our streets right now, eh? Mom, Dad, where the fuck is Giovanni at? Oh, my God. Is he inside? No, not that I care for his safety, but why was he not here helping me? Oh, well, he moved to the other side of town last oh week. God. So I guess he might be over there. He moved? <gasps> Where should we mom, go? Mom, it's okay. Mom, 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 we mom. We could mom. move up mom, you're gonna, north you're gonna, of the gonna... city limits to stay out of the fray. Venetius, Mary. Wait, what happened here anyway? Oh, that's a great question, Herman. Thank you. Frank says... Oh, my God. Well, you know, it was friggin' Steve next door. We saw him out the window lighting all these friggin' torches. He sets his goddamn house on fire, and the next thing we know, we're engulfed in flames. Steve did it, huh? Fucking Steve. Who's Steve? I'll tell you who he is. He's an asshole. That's who he is. <laughs> At this moment, you are rejoined by Jocasta, Edgar, and Sir Aiden. Oh my goodness, y'all. We stopped some people from fighting, and we've been doing it all the way. Yeah, yeah. I went in a building that was burning with my, my armor, and I saved two people. That's so cool. Well done, bug face. Wait a minute. Where's your stepmother? Were you not following her? Fuck. We gotta find Autumn. Yes. We gotta, we gotta go help my dad. I'm with Pugface. Do what you gotta do, okay, kid? We're gonna head up north. We'll catch up with you later. Sure, you okay? Yeah, we'll be safe out of the fray. Seems like things are coming down up there. That was me. Quickly, my friends, let us save Pugface's family. I love you. Love you. Love you. Oh. 
Roscoe, your mama's voice is very distinctive. You think you gotta tell me, huh? You continue south. You soon come upon a group of gnomes and halflings literally kicking a dwarf while he's down. Jocasta, you recognize him as Schneider, the dwarf with chronic back pain who talked your ear off six days ago. Pugface, you know him as Naharin Schneider, the famed master tailor and your current boss. Jocasta screams at the top of her lungs. And runs towards the group. And I'm gonna immediately cast Entangle again, cause I still have it. Okay. All right. The group is entangled once more, including the Heron Schneider. He's like in the middle of this fray and he's all bound up in vines. I'm gonna turn to the group and be like, y'all don't walk through these vines cause you'll get tangled, but I'm gonna go in there and get him out. Can I walk with you? No, you'll get tangled. You'll get, you stay. Oh, great, then I'm staying back. So she walks in, and she, like, gets him untangled from all of that. Great. And she's going to pick him up and put him over her shoulder and walk him out. Great, give me a little strength check for that. Okay. A 14. That'll do it. As you hoist him over your shoulder, he says, Oh, Joe, I've never been more glad to see you in my life. What is wrong with this country? You know, the people just get it in their head to hate each other, and they just can't even help themselves, you know? These people are madder than a rattlesnake being stepped on. I, I just don't understand. At this point, you've made it to the other side of the vines. I'd also say that capitalism sort of creates a pressure cooker in which all people of different rungs of society have to exist in that eventually pushes people to... Uh, Schneider you know. chimes in and says, thank you for helping me out. Uh, I humbly offer this in return. Uh, he reaches into his handbag and produces five small pellets. It's called quick fire. It's a combustible. Simply throw it at something and watch it explode. What um, a great gift. Not that we need more fires around here, but it might come in handy. Th thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm going to keep these in my pocket for later. Thank you. She's going to turn around to the group that was beating up on him and just be like, you should be ashamed of yourself. Now listen here, I'm not gonna let y'all go until you agree to leave here in peace and go meet your mayor in the meadows. Joe Costa, give me a shame roll for that. That'll be another charisma check. They're like, screw you! Uh, Puckface goes over to Jocasta and says, let, we, let, we, we have bigger things. We have to go. We are responsible for these people. You and Roscoe, you go try and find your daddy. We'll catch up with you in a minute. Roscoe, you ready to go? Let's go. I'll go with you then. I'm already on Tudoroso's back. <laughs> it's fine. Whatever, Herman. Pugface, Roscoe, and Herman ride further south. Jocasta and Edgar, what do you do? Well, Jocasta, it seems as though we found ourselves in a very similar situation that we were in about an hour ago. We have some entangled, disgruntled people that we need to pacify. I agree, and maybe we should try the same thing we did before. Or I could try yelling at them. I can be quite intimidating, you know. I've, we haven't heard Aiden yell yet. He's very tall, very muscular, handsome fellow with a strong jaw. Uh, you know. You know, I'm torn. I'm torn between feeling like yelling is going to escalate instead of de-escalate and really wanting to hear what he has to say. You've also heard him try to uh, get a hoist going, right? <laughs> Roscoe, you're not here. Definitely not here. Yeah, you with me? I totally forgot. Did you hear Roscoe's voice upon the wind? <laughs> It's almost like I can still hear him in my mind's ear. No, that's just him. You can just hear him from all the way over there. <laughs> Sorry about that. All right, well, if you think you can convince them, Aiden, go ahead and you give it a try. All right, get a load of this. Go on, shoo, scatter, go to the meadows with you. Ha, ha. <laughs> and he's going to roll intimidate, <laughs> and he fittingly crit fails. <laughs> 
They all just stare blankly at him. Well, that didn't work. What have you got? Wow. Uh, Edgar? I almost wish Herman was here so he could rap it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, listen, Edgar, if you're feeling inspired, we could always rap it then. No, I'm not. No, 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 darling. No one needs to. No one needs to hear. No one needs to write that. No. Think of the listener experience. <laughs> Think of it. Uh, I'm going to try to enthrall. Okay, what are you going to say? If you don't leave and you ever come back here, we shall burn all of you in the square. Jocasta just stares at him. And the and we also need to go to the meadows. Is that going to be intimidation? Yeah. Natural 20! <laughs> they are incredibly intimidated. Yeah. And then they're like, okay, okay, we'll go to the meadows. We'll go to the meadows. That's what I thought. Uh, could you let us out of these vines, maybe? Yes, fine. The gnomes and halflings are freed from the vines and they scamper east toward the meadows. Edgar, while that was terribly, terribly effective, and thank you. You can stop right there. I need you to take in the de-escalation essence that we're trying to work I, with here. I know, I just... You continue south. Meanwhile, Pugface and Roscoe, you reach your houses. Outside, a rather large mob of dwarves, gnomes, and halflings is causing quite a commotion. In the midst of the mob, you can make out Rikio being attacked, attempting to fend himself off with a staff. You see Autumn has come to his defense and currently slices the heads off of one of the 20 assailants with a long sword. Fuck, what is she doing? She did that. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, let's go kick some ass. You got my back. If you've got mine too. Don't doubt that, but you know that I do. I am ready to go. I thought you'd never ask. Come on, let's go kick some ass. Let's do this. Herman, relax. Roll initiative. 12. I'm 18. So, the first person goes for a swipe with his short shorts and misses Rikio. The second person goes in for a stab and sinks Rikio in the back. Rikio drops to his knees. Another of the assailants Brit fails and stabs himself in the stomach and falls down dead. The fourth assailant gets another stab at Rikio who falls over on the ground. Next assailant takes a swipe at Autumn and misses. Another assailant takes a swipe at Autumn and misses. Another assailant takes a swipe at Autumn and misses. Autumn's a badass. All right. The fourth assailant just scrapes her arm barely. It's amazing what you can achieve when you're sober. Meanwhile, all of the rest of the assailants just turn and notice you, and they all draw their bows. Pugface, it is now your turn. Great, so I'm going to take my short bow, and I'm going to hide behind Herman, and I'm going to try to do a sneak attack. Can I aim at the closest person to me? Great. 18. Hit! One of the archers falls down dead. And fire another one. Great, that's 15. Another one falls down dead. Whoa! Okay, it is Roscoe's turn. What do you do, baby? Yeah, I'm gonna run towards the first two near me and uh, punch him in the face. 21 to hit. You knock him in the nose, it breaks open, and he collapses on the ground. Excellent, I'm gonna want to, the one that's next to me, I'm gonna go ahead and kick in the face. I'm gonna do like a roundhouse kick after that. Uh, that's gonna be a non-natural 20. His neck snaps and he falls to the ground. And I shall use my one key point to do two unarmed strikes as a bonus action, so I will hit one more for another 21 to hit. You hit him in the stomach, he spurts out blood and falls down dead. And I have one more attack. 21. Yeah, you hit this other guy and his eyes pop out of his head Oof. and he collapses on the ground. Oh, uh, really? Who wants more? Yeah, yeah. He said, have you had enough? 
Cause there's more to come if you don't give in If you don't succumb, if this the test Well, I think we passed You're goddamn right We sure can't kick some ass With that, it is Rikyo's turn But he seems to be kind of slowly bleeding out It is Autumn's turn She still has this short sword She's a little distracted because she just saw him fall. She misses her first attack and her second attack. Jesus. Herman says, Well, my name is Monkey Got the Power of Mars, and it's coming straight at you, rip you up like a Taurus. Yeah, my rhymes might be porous and about to crash, but now it's dawning on ya. Oh, yeah. This monk can kick some ass. By the power of Morris. And sure enough, five red blades of light go flying out of his palm and sink into five of the assailants who all fall down dead. Why didn't you say you could do that before? I'm sorry, I'm more a pacifist, but desperate times, you know. Wow. And with that, it is back to the assailant's turn. There are eight of them remaining. And they're like, hey man, take it easy. We were we were only after the dig foreman, okay? Well, get out of here. Dad. He's no longer yours. Hey, everyone, fall north. And they start to head through the fog toward the north. Yo, go east. You gotta hey, go, go east, east not north. Where get you going? Roll intimidation, both of you as you call them to change their course. 15. Roscoe, you're able to do it, and you see them peel toward the east and into the meadows. At this moment, Jocasta, Edgar, and Sir Aiden rejoin the group. Would this be what's happened here? We were in a fight. That much is clear. Are y'all all right? I knew you were up to the task. Well done, my friends. This group can kick some arms. In the middle of this fray, Autumn is now inspecting Rikio's body, who is currently bleeding out on the ground in front of you. I would immediately cast Healing Word. Great. And I, I'm running towards him. So he regains six hit points. Hey, it's me, Edgar Hawk from Elf Mother. Wait, Edgar Huck? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Dad, look. What a pleasure to meet one of my... At this very moment, you see another League of Northerners approach you, bows drawn. Release this Southerner to us. The Dick Foreman is ours. I think Jocasta would be like, y'all need to cool off, and she has been saving this one. She would cast sleep storm. They have to do a dexterity saving throw. Okay, great. The moment you do that, Jocasta, five of them are firing their arrows at Rikio. Two of the arrows make their way into Rikio, who falls pale once more. A bunch of them fall to the ground, and two of them remain standing. They say you hit him with that thunder loop. Do it, do it, do it, do it. All right, well, I'm sorry that it had to come to this, but you've all gone and made us pissed. Turn it up to tea. No need to tell me. But there's just one question I need to ask. Edgar just turns that thunderloot up to T. You start to hear it hum a little bit. And he looks at these people, some of them falling around on the ground in the sleet, and says, Do you boys like rock and roll? What? Well, you do today, motherfucker. Uh, 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 uh. 18. Sure enough, another wave of yellow energy comes from the thunderloot, and the assailants crumble into burnt skeletons on the ground. I guess you don't mess with mythic thunderloot. Oh yeah! We shot him kicks in the ass! Autumn calls out, he's going! I got two more cure wounds in my pocket. 
Okay. I got six from the first one, 14 from the second one. Color begins to go back into his face. Suddenly, Thane Ogdor appears behind you and says, My friends, most of the Northerners are- And he drops to his knees as a Northerner stands just behind him saying, This ends here. Give us the dig, Foreman, and give us the Thane and we'll leave you be. You know what? No. I'm gonna tell you something. You wanna know who's responsible for the death of your friend? It was me. I'm responsible for the death of your friend. I knew he was gonna get killed, and I didn't stop it in time. What are we doing? What do you mean, what am I doing? I'm telling the truth. All of this is our fault. Very well. Fire, gentlemen. Who, gentlemen? At this very moment, a sea of arrows rains down upon you. One arrow misses Jocasta. One gets Jocasta. One misses Jocasta. Another misses Jocasta. A fifth misses Jocasta. Jocasta take five hit points of damage. Edgar. No, I'm too young. The first one is going to be a hit. Take five hit points of damage. Second one misses. Third one misses. Fourth one hits. Another five hit points of damage. And the fifth one hits as well. Take another five hit points of damage. Edgar, you okay? I'm okay. How are you? Bug face. First one crit fails and the bow breaks. Second one misses you. Third one misses you. Fourth one misses you. Fifth one misses you, you dodgy little gnome. Roscoe, first one misses. Second one misses. Come on, Roscoe. Third one misses. Fourth one misses. Fifth one misses. Okay. Herman takes a hit, and that's it. Herman stays standing and is like howling at the. When I said a shoot magic If you were all such dicks It would almost be tragic When I hit you with my light Guys, we still gotta fight Well, I can only thunder loot once per day No, Edgar, it's okay I'll head to battle Do what you must I'll lead the charge You know you can trust Sir Aiden also remains unharmed One of the arrows tings off of his armor Focus, Aiden Now it's all in the past Rikyu takes a hit I'm gonna heal him fast Do what you gotta do I'll come back for you at last And three more arrows sink into Rikia. Autumn takes an arrow as well. She drops to one knee. Roscoe, you're up first. Again, I'm gonna run at the first one in front of me. 20 to hit, not natural 20. Next snaps, drops dead. Second one is going to be 19. All the teeth fly out of his head and he falls to the ground. Oh yeah, spending another key point to just keep kicking these bastards in the face. That's gonna be a 16. That'll do it, yep, another one, poof, takes it hard, falls unconscious. And the fourth one, a 19 to hit. Another one drops down dead. There are 10 men remaining standing, pug face. I'm gonna get my short bow again. That's a 22. Falls down dead. 21. Another one falls down dead. Eight remain, Autumn is gonna take a couple swings with her short sword and takes another one out. Seven remain, Sir Aiden takes his long sword and kills another one. Six remain. Herman is going to cast his magic and another one drops down dead. Jocasta, it is your turn. Jocasta is going to cast Cure Wounds at 
third level for Rikio. Okay. 15 hit points. Okay, great. And she's just going to put her body over his. Edgar. Edgar is going to just take the thunder loot, which he's got slung, you know, in the playing position, and is going to sort of hold it like it's an axe now, and you see the end of it just lights off fire. And I'm going to try to swing it at one of these dudes. Yeah. A 19 to hit. You take out another one. It is now the assailant's turn. They are going to rush at Rikio. One of them is going to attempt to grapple Jocasta. 19. This guy is unable to move you. Another one moves in. 18. This guy is able to pry you off of Rikio's body. And the third takes a stab with his short sword, which sinks into Rikio. Another assailant takes a swipe at Autumn and misses. It is Roscoe's turn. Coming in with a flurry of unarmed strikes here. Well, the first one is a 23 to hit. Bash him in the temple. He drops down. 19. Falls down dead. So I get two more strikes. Yeah. And that is a non-natural 20. Okay. Out cold. And a 24. The guy who stabbed Rikyo is knocked from his sword. Rikyo lays there kind of bleeding with the sword still in him. Right, y'all. I can do my very last spell. I was trying not to use all of them to try and keep your dad alive, but I can do cure wounds at second level. It's all I got left. Okay. Aiden 8 is 16 plus 2 is 18. Rikio is now miraculously able to speak despite being currently impaled. Fuck. Dad. I'm all out of healing stuff, y'all. I, I can't. My dad. Oh, no. Listen, Joe Costa, was it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think you may have just gifted me with a... A uh, final little moment with my daughter. Oh. Does anybody have a healing spell or something? Is it what are you magical? Before we try anything else, friends, could I could I just have a moment with my daughter? Uh yeah, yeah. Sure. Let's um, walk over here. But face, here here's um here's like a little rag, just like hold the pressure on the wound. Thanks, Jojo, thanks. Hey Dad. Hey. Uh we may not have a lot of time. Um, so just uh do me a favor, sweetheart. Um if I don't make it, uh, see that I'm buried in Borstead Square, okay? I, I just, I'd like to rest where they recorded all our favorite gemstones. Yeah, dad, no, Dad, any, anything for you, but you're, you're going to keep fighting, though, right? You're not going to just... No, of course, of course. I, worst, worst case scenario here, sweetheart, worst case scenario. Okay. And um, don't hate my attackers. It seems they just really, really cared about the environment. <laughs> And he winces in pain Oof. once more, and you see that he has begun to bleed again. Uh, okay, so let's put some pressure on here. Look, face, I love you so much. <laughs> Don't you see, sweetheart? He takes your face in his hands as he begins to sing. I, I, baby, I was born to bleed. A rolling stone never coming home, but far from free. Just know I love you and don't feel too much pain. And as you lose me, remember all you've gained. Cause I Born. His body starts to go limp, and with a last look, he says, I love you, sweetheart. I love you. And with that, he is gone. 
Okay, well, Roscoe's gonna immediately run over to Rikio and try to do, like, CPR on him or something. Roscoe, your CPR efforts feel completely futile. The sun starts to set as Autumn joins Pugface next to Rikio and begins to gently <laughs> weep over his body. Thane Ogdor, who'd been previously stabbed in the back, rises to his feet and pale-faced says, Oh, dear. Is there anything I can do for you citizens in your hour of need? Do you know anybody that can revive him? It, it looks like he's a little past hope. You don't know any, uh, anybody magical, any wizards, anything like that, any healers or anything like that? Not here in South Taliashire, my friend. We know a couple of gods. Roscoe kind of goes off to the side and, and says a prayer to whatever one of the gods. Do you want to go Elven God of Death or Draconic God of Death? Let's roll with the Elven for right now. Okay, so you're going to pray to Morthal God of Death. What are you going to say, Roscoe? Look, Morthal, I don't normally do this. I, I really don't know what the hell I'm doing right now, but Rikio is like a second father to me, and we can't, we can't lose him right now. So if you could bring him back or know somebody or just give him one more shot. Give me a roll for that, Roscoe. You can add your constitution to that. That's a 21. You do this prayer, Roscoe. Everything around you turns black for a moment, and you once again see the face of the gray god Morthal, god of death, and he speaks to you. Ah, yes, my child. You wish to prolong life. Y yeah. <laughs> Sometimes what comes to pass Cannot be undone. Okay, that, well, that was absolutely no help. But completely terrifying. <laughs> yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm just horrified like, I, now. I'm very I, disturbed. Can I try the draconic one just in case? Sure, absolutely. Roscoe says the same thing. Okay, look, I, again. He <laughs> 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 recycles the same thing. He's just like, look, I really don't, I don't, I really don't know what I'm doing here. Please, can we bring Rikio? Could someone fucking help me, please? Give me another constitution roll for that. Oh, that's up a 17. For a moment, everything turns gray. And then you see the granite god Velma, the draconic god of death, appear before you. And she says, Ah, yes, my child. You wish to prolong life. <laughs> yeah, I do. I, yep. Sometimes what comes to pass cannot be undone. Great. <laughs> I think that message is loud and clear. Yeah, uh, so... Are there some dwarven gods we could try, maybe? <laughs> no, no, we're done. Roscoe walks away. Oh, I always knew religion was bullshit. No, you did. Th thank you for doing that. That was... I know you don't really believe in the religious stuff, so no, that was nice. That was, that was good. Autumn is going to lean next to Pugface and say... Um, Borstead Square, did he say? Yeah, that was that was the place. Autumn is going to stand and say to Thane Ogdor, well, you heard him. His last request was to be buried at Borstead Square, so at the very least, you can help with that. Thane Ogdor says, oh, consider it done. And several of the Kingsguard of Talia Shire rush. The sword is removed from Rikio, and his body is picked up and carried toward the South Taliashire city square. I gotta be honest with you, I'm, uh, I'm feeling pretty hungry after all that. Everyone pile inside, and um, I'll, I'll fix us some food. And Autumn enters Pugface's house. Thank you all so much. He doesn't want me to hold a grudge, and we're just gonna 
keep going forward. Well, I could tell you what he would want me to do. He would want me to go into that house and drink with your stepmother until I can't feel feelings anymore. So that's what I'm going to plan on doing. He'd want that for all of us. Let us imbibe and put this tragic, horrible day behind us. Now I forgot about you, Aiden. Why don't you sit out here and guard the house for us? I thought I might actually help Pugface's stepmother with her food preparation. No, you don't have to do that. I I'll take care of that. You, you, you sit outside and you, you guard the house. How's that sound? Whatever you all want. Thank you very much. Um, can I still come within? Yeah, yes, yeah, Herman, yeah, you can Herman. come in. Herman, get in. Come on, Herman, let's go. You enter into Pugface's house. As soon as you do, Autumn sees you. Oh, great. I'll go in and make some food. And she hurries into the kitchen. Uh, I'll follow her. Roscoe follows. Pugface? Yeah. Uh, um, still got those old gemstones, right? Yeah. Thought we might spin one or two for the old man's memory. No, that's a great idea. So I go over to my gemstones, which I keep by, uh, right by the fireplace there. What are we thinking for my dad? What should we listen to? Elf Mother One. And Pugface begins to play Elf Mother One. Meanwhile, inside the kitchen, Autumn is mashing up chickpeas and she's got some a little fire going where she's baking some bread. And she turns to Roscoe and says, Roscoe, sweetheart, would you do me a favor? Yeah, sure. What do you need? Could you actually bring Joe Costa in here for a minute? Uh, yeah. Can I bring some wine or something out? Oh, of course, of course, of course. And she opens this cabinet, and because it's autumn, you see bottles and bottles of wine. Yeah, there it is. I knew you had it. I bring out, like, three or four bottles of wine and just put it out on the table. Uh, so what, what's going on out here? What are we doing? Oh, Joe Costa, uh, Autumn would like to see in the kitchen real quick. Oh, uh, okay. So she heads on into the kitchen. You see Autumn feverishly grinding something with her mortar and pestle as tea tears stream down her face, and she says, Ah, Jocasta, dear, um, before I do anything else, I just want to make sure that you know that your efforts in healing my sweet Rikio were not in vain. Thank you. She approaches you, and in the mortar you see crushed herbs of an array of bright colors you've never seen before. Um, you strike me as not just the healer of the group, but as the chief communicator as well. Would you say so? I, I don't know that I'm the chief communicator. I'm certainly the one who's always talking. <laughs> I think you're being a bit modest, and secretly I'm a bit of a medicine woman myself. Um, would you mind if I helped you in your communication a bit? Sure. I've got a little mixture here that could do just that. I like experimental herbs. <laughs> and she smiles at you, and with eyes full of tears, she grabs a handful of the crushed herbs. She opens her palm and gently blows the herb dust toward your face. A strong aroma fills your nostrils, and you feel your brain become totally invigorated. Gain plus three to your charisma, and you can now speak any tongue. <gasps> wow. wow. And understand any tongue. I'm really honored. Thank you. Thank you, dear one. You are just incredible. Thank you. Jocasta, as you and Autumn re-enter the living room with food, Herman gasps and says, Two of you have family in grave danger. What? Sorry, I, I, I was just thinking of Vratrani's riddle. One of you has family... They must never see again. We, we've already decided that that's Edgar, yes? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, right. Two of you have family 
in grave danger. Well, my dad's dead now, so I guess, yeah, he... And Roscoe's parents were trapped in the fire, yes? But they got him out. But they were in grave danger. So, one of you has family you do not yet know about. They are the key in the final battle. Oh, my good bloody God. Edgar turns his head slowly to Jocasta and says, Do you know what this means, Jocasta? Well, I believe we owe your mother, Minerva, a visit. Okay. <coughs> Edgar, did you just shit yourself? Are you okay over there? Yes, I, <laughs> I need you to calm yourself down, Edgar. Suddenly, there is a knock at the door. Yeah, I'll get it. Roscoe, you get up and open the door, and on the other side, you see your brother, Giovanni Chubb. I slammed the door. Uh, no, it was nobody. He kept Catches his foot in the door and swings it open and says, Hey, little brother, how's it going? Oh, this is the worst. <laughs> Listen, Roscoe, buddy, yo, I kind of need you to do me a little favor. Huh? And that's where we will end our episode. <laughs> Fuck Giovanni. I'm not doing shit for him. Tune in on Monday, December 27th for our mid-season finale, The Plan. And make sure to leave us a review and subscribe. Mythic Thunderloot was conceived by Jake Plauk, Michael Doherty, and Steve Gutalunas. Jake Plauk serves as our guitarist and the voice of Edgar Hawke. Lillian Castillo is the voice of Jocasta Stormwood. I'm Michael Doherty, the editor and head writer, a.k.a. The Game Maker. Steve Gutalunas is our resident drummer and the voice of Roscoe Chubb. Leah Cotto is the voice of Pugface Doodlop. Dan Kazimi does our underscoring, arranging, synth, keyboard, mixing, and mastering. Alex Kuyper is our co-producer and chief story editor. She did the sound effects for this episode. And as Giovanni Chubb was our next episode's guest star, Richard R. Henry. I'm the One was written by Michael Darty and Dan Kazimi. Kicks a Mass and Born to Bleed Reprise were written by Jake Blauk, Michael Darty, and Dan Kazimi. Talia Shire Morning Reprise was written by Dan Kazimi and performed by Michael Darty, Dan Kazimi, and Alex Kuyper. And And If It Was You was written by Jake Blauk and Steve Gutalunas. The drums for this episode were recorded and tracked at Repercussions South. Our production manager is Molly Foy. Social media assistance from Sarah Marketing consultation from Judd Mellinger Blauk, imaging by Lee Cordopasi and Daniel Kantz, and web design by Campbell O'Hare. Shout out to some of our Patreon supporters Joshua Bentley, Selena Knight, Sebastian Farcione, and our newest supporters Emily Smith, Matt W., and Christian and Melissa Dorflinger. Join us on Patreon to get an early glimpse of our next episode. Or find us on Bandcamp. We'll catch you next time on Mythic Thunderloot. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.